Welcome to Prince Track by Track. I'm your host Darren and today we're going to be talking about Thieves in the Temple from Graffiti Bridge. Recorded on the 11th of February 1990 at Paisley Park and released on the 17th of July 1990. So that is what, five months from recording to release? That's pretty quick. On the track it is Prince with the Steels. They're on a couple of tracks on Graffiti Bridge and they're also on a couple of tracks on um, Diamonds and Pearls as well. The track is 3 minutes 20 and joining me to talk about this is Antu. Hello Antu. Uh, hey Darren. Now notably this was the final track recorded for Graffiti Bridge uh, by Prince uh, and also um, you know it was the lead single um, from the film. Bearing in mind the film didn't get released until November 1990. So Prince really wanted to get this single out away from the stink of that film, basically, like as as far ahead as possible, you know, like a five month gap from the release of the single to the film is that's a really big gap. Uh, most of the songs on Graffiti Bridge were super old, like some of them went back to 1981. Uh, but this this was the only track that was recorded for the album which is kind of remarkable because then of course it's the most successful single mm-hmm. it's the most well-known song off this album you know this appears on the hits one having um you know this this be the lead single kind of gives you the impression that this film is going to be great <laughs> um you know if if you if you were a, a prince fan in 1990 looking forward to the sequel to purple rain and like this is your first taste of it you'd be like this is going to be a great film. This is going to be, you know, as good as, um, you know, Purple Rain, if not better. Wait, uh, how many years was in between, like, Purple Rain, the film, and Graffiti Bridge? That's all like it. That's Six a, years. That's a huge gap as well. Um, I only have to assume that the 10 million went on the, the many different outfits that Prince wears um, throughout this film, uh, including the rather fetching kind of combination that he has um, for this song, where he's wearing, like... Um, uh, they're almost like tights they seem to be are you they kind of don't connect they kind of stop at his thighs are you talking about um, the film or the video clip which is like the extended in the, clip has... in both yeah yeah in both he's wearing the same outfit in both but they're, they're like these kind of like either tights or thigh high boots that kind of cut off just below his crotch and then he seems to be wearing a shirt that comes just above that so you get this little flash <laughs> of kind of like thigh yeah um, it's a it's a really weird kind of outfit but not the weirdest one that prince wears in graffiti bridge there is some weirder um you know that film really kind of it, it seems that prince basically just wanted to kind of get himself a new wardrobe and graffiti bridge was the vehicle by which he did that um because he's got a lot of outfits in that film um, but i feel like we're getting sidetracked from what is probably the best you know, song on this album. And I'm discounting any of the time songs and Melody Call mm-hmm. and also Round and Round by Tevin Campbell, you know, which was the other big hit of this uh, of this album. Um, I think Round and Round came out like a, about a couple of months after this. It was like a huge summer hit. You know, once again, kind of, if you were a, if you were a Prince fan, you'd be thinking, oh, this is going to be great. There's, you know, <laughs> <laughs> there's these two huge hit songs. This is going to be a wonderful film. Um, and then obviously that was not to be. It's worth saying that uh, the, the, the kind of the B-side for Thieves in the Temple was Thieves in the Temple Part 2, uh, which was effectively <laughs> just the song kind of cut into two, two little pieces, which is really weird. Um, and then there were longer versions of the, the, of the song. Um, the, the remix was eight minutes and the, um, 
the 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 thieves in the house mix was six minutes fifty, and then the Temple House dub was five minutes and six, and those were all on the uh, on the twelve inch, um, which was released on the second of August nineteen ninety, um, and uh, like I mean I've said before, obviously I became a Prince fan when I heard Get Off, mm-hmm. um, uh, but the weirdest thing is I do remember distinctly hearing Thieves in the Temple. And seeing it on, you know, maybe Top of the Pops or something at the time, wanting. And now we had it. We had a. We had a magazine over here called Smash Hits, and um, it was it was a big magazine from about 1978 through to kind of like the late 90s. Uh, it's a magazine that gave the Spice Girls their nicknames. Mm-hmm. Weirdly enough, the thing it was known for was printing lyrics. So every edition of Smash Hits, and it was a weekly magazine, would have lyrics to kind of all the songs that were released that week. Mm-hmm. And I distinctly remember buying Smash Hits the week that Thieves in the Temple was being released, which in the UK, it was actually released uh, the week of my birthday. So I used my birthday money to buy the issue of Smash Hits that had the lyrics to Thieves in the Temple so I could learn the lyrics to Thieves <laughs> in the Temple. So that, and that was about a year before I kind of really became a prince. Wait, fan. did that did that experience draw you in to buy a ticket to Graffiti Bridge? No. <laughs> I, I, I didn't. So the plan didn't work. Yeah, I, 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 didn't, I wasn't really a person who went to the cinema when I was younger. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I didn't see Graffiti Bridge at the cinema. The first time I saw Graffiti Bridge was about two years later when it was on Channel 4. Mm-hmm. Um, and they showed Purple Rain one week. Then they showed Sign of the Times. Then they showed Graffiti Bridge. Um, all at about like uh, 10 o'clock at night on a Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember recording all three of them. Uh, and watching them over and over and over. Uh, this, this, uh, you know, essentially, this was a song that kind of drew people in to to what would be the Graffiti Bridge film. Not enough, obviously, because by the time the film came out, it lost about three million. Um, so it, it was not a success in any way at all. Um, you know, from a box office point of view, and also it went on to be nominated and win several Razzies uh, the following year. So. Just not a successful project overall for Prince. When talking about this song, in terms of like a genre, I think it's quite clearly like a, you know, pop rock song. You mm-hmm. know, that's Prince kind of, you know, deliberately recording a single. That's what it feels like to me. I kind of disagree. I, to not, I wouldn't necessarily think, oh, it's... To me, I, I'd sort of associate it as like a funky religion song, kind of, about with sort of bi- biblical imagery. I guess. I mean, except, you know, the video and in the film, they make it clear exactly what the temple is. And Which is... in the video, we see who the, the thieves are. And, um, you know, fortunately, those thieves do not get into that temple because Prince rescues Aura. So, um, <laughs> you know. Wait, wait. So, in, but in the extended clip, they're like stealing his clothes. And so the temple is many things. is <laughs> like his possessions. That wardrobe. I, I mean, I guess. But I feel like in the, in the context of the song, um, you know, the, the, like the temple... I think kind of more refers to the phrase, you know, you know, your body is a temple um, <laughs> rather than, you know, a literal place. And, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of the jealousy, basically, you know, that's I mean, when it, when we get to the kind of kicking me in my heart, tearing me all apart. Mm-hmm. And that's 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 how I've always read the song. I don't know how you, how, how you feel the song, you know, what the lyrics are saying to you. Yeah, well, I guess I can reassess my opinion as we go over these lyrics and as they come to me. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you know, for me, it's like a great kind of opening. I just love the, you know, and mm-hmm. I mean, I've said the word love already, but love come quick. Love come in a hurry. There are thieves in the temple tonight. And just opening with that kind of like, um, 
I don't know what that percussion is that's that's kind of playing at the beginning, but just that kind of like tapping, you know, and that's that kind of also finishes the song as well. Yeah, it's a kind of a woodblock instrument, I think. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what it feels like to me. Yeah, and 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 the fact that it's at the start and the end, you can kind of almost like listen to this song on a loop, and it and beginning <laughs> yep, and the end just, would kind of match up. Yeah, you know, which is which I always like. I always like when a song does that when it kind of the the beginning and the end kind of match, so you can just keep putting it on loop. Uh, Prince, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know what "Love Come Quick, Love Come in a Hurry" is kind of talking about, but I'm guessing, you know, within the film, it's that the kid has kind of just fallen in love with Aura after she has. <laughs> I mean, at this point in the film, she basically hangs out of the clubs at a distance and doesn't talk to anybody, and so, and so the kid has fallen in love with her just by seeing her hanging around on some gantry while he's been playing a song. Mm-hmm. Right before this, uh, if I remember correctly, there's "Love Machine." Yep. And in that in that song, you have um, Jerome and um, and Morris Day kind of like tag team in her by having every time she kind of puts up a defense against these two men, one of them jumps in with something, and then the other one jumps in, and they just keep kind of going back and forth until they kind of break down her defenses. Um, by which I mean they give her some um, champagne that has been spiked, um, you know, because. <laughs> You know, Morris Day and Jerome are the villains of this film. Yep. And uh, you know, they can't they cannot win legitimately in at, at any point in this film. They it's there's always cheating, it's always something kinda of underhand. Um, you know, and so as as Love Machine finishes, uh, we, we get with, probably with, with her joining in, like she sings on one verse. Yeah, she sings along. I mean, yeah. not her personally, because it's actually Elisa Fiorello who's doing the vocals. Yeah. But yeah, she kind of she sings along with them. I think she being the love machine of the title, kind of charmed, sort of, by Morris and Jerome. Mm-hmm. And as is on, as is seen on the other the, the normal video or the extended video, it starts with my favorite thing that Jerome and Morris Day ever do, which is. Sexiness to the left of you, sexiness to the right. It's all about the pimp sandwich tonight. Yeah, but but it's also like incredibly creepy and wrong as hell because it's like, well, yeah, because <laughs> it's like a POV shot from like someone who has been drugged, and it's like it's so yes, it is. T- it is terrible that essentially this entire song is set up by what is you know an attempted sexual assault. Yeah, but at the same time, those lines are so kind of cartoonish and. You know, like just just the fact that they they're calling themselves sexiness, yeah. and the fact that they refer to a pimp sandwich. I mean, that that's just kind of like silliness that Prince likes to <laughs> indulge in, and I, it always just kind of makes me laugh because it's so stupid. I can't like separate this like the seriousness of what of what the scene is going to lead to, and then the idea of Prince like writing these lines of like these quippy <laughs> would be sexual assaulters. It's can't. Like, yes, I can. I can kind of see why the public didn't want to watch this film in a lot of ways. Yeah, and this is the opening of the video as yeah. well. This is the opening of the video that would have been playing on MTV. Like the kind of half asleep, blurry Ingrid Chavez doing these kind of comical hiccups uh, to indicate. I mean, almost like a kind of nineteen forties Warner Brothers cartoon yep. to indicate that she is drunk. She keeps doing these kind of hiccups every now and again. <laughs> And it is so kind of weird, but yeah. And then we get the you know the start of the song. Mm-hmm. Enter woodblock, click, click. Whatever. Yeah, and that that wonderful woodblock. Prince says they don't care where they kick, just as long as they hurt you. They're thieves in the temple tonight. I I, I kind of like how I mean the, the kind of this next bit, which is probably my favorite bit in the song. The kind of love if you there come save me from all this cold despair. I can hang when you're around. 
but I'd surely die if you're not there. And then kind of the main kind of riff of yep. the song kind of kicks in. You know, we kind of go back to the love come quick, love come in a hurry. Which is like, it's pretty like a, another, like a bold start to a song with like just opening with the chorus, sort of teaching the audience the lyrics that way. Yeah. And then, uh, so like, I, uh, I guess back to what I think the song is about. I sort of, go for it. again, loneliness, a bit of like, yeah, I guess jealousy. But I do like that line of like, you know, again, we're talking about Prince's confident persona and how like, yeah, I <laughs> I can date anyone I want and I'm really sexy. But like the vulnerability <laughs> of like him being so codependent on some with someone that he would surely yeah. die if he's alone and not with the person that he loves. <laughs> you could argue that this is kind of the persona of the kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and kind of carries over from some of the stuff from Purple Rain as well, because, you know, in Purple Rain, there were songs where, you know, there was a measure of vulnerability shown by Prince, mm-hmm. but it was always kind of in the character of the kid. Um, so, you know, this kind of fits with the kid, um, you know, who at this point, it's worth it's worth remembering in the film, he'd been mm-hmm. dumped by Jill Jones, um, you know, who in a display of, uh, like to make a point, she kind of takes her, uh, undergarments off and throws them at Prince as she leaves to go work for Morris um, and you know he's basically alone and and kind of you know uh, the, the club that he's the, he's in charge of is kind of failing you know the crowds are getting smaller and smaller mm-hmm. um, you know the music that he's playing is kind of more and more niche um, and so you know if this were a well written film you can understand that this being you know roughly halfway through the film uh, this is kind of, you know, the moment of despair before, you know, everything kind of turns around. Um, and it feels like this song was certainly written with the idea that, you know, this is kind of like, you know, the, the kind of the the kind of the, the second act where Prince is feeling kind of full of despair and everything. Um, but obviously it doesn't really fit with the way the film is structured. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just basically like 10 music videos strung together with bad acting in between. Um, you know, so, it, you know, in a better film, this would have kind of been a really kind of, you know, it would have like revealed something to the audience. Yep. But instead, it's just kind of like a, a song that's that goes on while Prince rides his motorbike behind uh, Morris Day's limo. Um, and it's it's worth but noting, of course, there's that like dancing Day... as well. There's inter like intermittent. Oh, dancing. yeah, it's intercut. It's intercut with dancing as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, which in the extended version is really fun because you know there's a lot of extra kind of Princeton. While I love it, his favorite kind of dance move at this point is the circly hands, where he kind of just kind of does that. You know, I'm, I'm obviously this is useless for a <laughs> podcast, but where he just kind of does a wave with his hand, but kind of going up. And that's just like one of his favorite dance moves at this particular time. And he does a lot of that in the video, um, you know, and kind of joining them together and kind of doing all this. And, you know, it's it's like there's a lot of that. And then there's also a lot of Prince grinding on the floor, um, you know, which almost goes without saying. Uh, mm-hmm. And Prince, he says, you know, I feel like I'm looking for my soul, like a poor man looking for gold. I don't know. doesn't make any sense. I don't understand that. But, you know, there are thieves in the temple tonight. <laughs> what do you mean? It doesn't. No, he's like, as in he's so lost in the world and disillusioned that, like, yeah, there's a violation happening in his life of some sort. And, yeah, he's disillusioned. He doesn't know. Without this person, he has to, like... <laughs> Look for value in the world, which he has lost. Yeah, but I mean, why would like I like? Is there this thing of poor people just going around looking for gold? Like that seems like a fruitless <laughs> pursuit to me. I mean, 
you know, that's the whole point of gold is it's so rare. That, well, you're not you going to attain really... gold with that sort of attitude, Darren. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, it's just it's just funny because, like, you know, it, I think of, like, you know, the gold mines of, like, South Africa or something. And I'm like, yeah. it's not a poor man doing that. It's a very well-organized, you know, kind of thing to <laughs> yeah. kind of get gold out of the ground. Um, just, but, uh, yeah, now you've, so, like, framed I mean, it in a way where, like, that lyric really speaks to, like, the entrepreneurial gold seeker. Like, yeah, I get this. <laughs> Prince, you finally reached my demo. I imagine Matthew McConaughey read that line and he was like, do you know what? In about 27 years' time, I'm going to do a film called Gold. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we're going to really kind of get to the root of what that's all about. But, I, I mean, I particularly love the next kind of couplet where Prince says, Voices from the sky say rely on your best friend to pull you through. But even if I wanted to, I only really truly because my only friend is you. Now, the weird thing is that almost kind of calls back to if I was your girlfriend, mm -hmm. where Prince is saying, you know, would you run to someone, you know, if I hurt you, even if that somebody was me? Yep. So it's kind of this weird thing of like being his own best friend, mm -hmm. much like being, you know, the yeah. only person that his girlfriend could kind of confide in. <laughs> yeah, being Prince's squeeze is like like a dual job of being his lover as well as being his best friend so yeah but yeah i, I like uh, the way he times the line but even if i wanted to i couldn't really truly <laughs> because my only friend is you it's like this like yeah it's a tricky phrase to sing it's really cool yeah. really groovy and also when he says you uh, we i mean we haven't said this but most of this song kind of isn't in the you know in his full setup but without you yeah. he does kind of go really high with it Mm -hmm. Kind of go you ooh, 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 and then we get the kind of like a solo, I guess. I mean, it's kind of like it's a, like a quick guitar solo. Yeah, it's just like a nice pop solo. Yeah, yeah and he just say come on over the top of it, mm -hmm. and then reminds us that there are thieves in the temple tonight. <laughs> um, actually, the way I've said that is completely wrong because he goes there are thieves in the temple tonight, and it kind of gets a little bit kind of quiet. And, and you know, he 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 kind of tells us once more, kicking me in my heart, tearing me all apart. Uh, although again I sung that wrong because he says tearing me tearing me tearing me all apart and kind of goes higher and higher mm -hmm. I, I love this line as well because you and me could have been a work of art uh, no I just feel like <laughs> the line of tearing me all apart and then leading up to because you and me could have been a work of art like this sort of sort of foresaw like the rise of Tommy Wiseau in the room <laughs> like in the line of like you're tearing me off art Lisa and then like how his greatest work is an office about a dysfunctional relationship so this hopefully was like Tommy Wiseau's jam I mean I gotta say this much um as bad as people feel graffiti bridges it's better written than the room so I, no um, way you know. <laughs> I would watch yeah, no, The is. Room 10 times. <laughs> the Room has like endured into a legacy. I I don't see James Franco making a film about the making of Graffiti Bridge. Uh, I feel like there might be some slight kind of race issues if he decided to cast <laughs> himself as Prince and, uh, and you know, be, be show the behind the scenes of Graffiti Bridge. Bear in mind, this film took six months to film. This is this is not like a quick film that Prince managed to do in yeah. a few weeks. He really spent time on this film. Ten million dollars. Um, I mean, that's where the budget went. Like, six months isn't well, normal for a shoot. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I do, I do love that kind of you and me could have been a work of art. Because, you know, it's almost saying, you know... I mean, once again, this feels like Prince, even though most of this song has kind of been a bit vulnerable, it feels <laughs> like him boasting a little bit with the, like, you know... If we, if we were together, it would have been so good. People would have considered it a work of art. 
<laughs> yeah, um, but I know. guess like I guess that confirms like the shift of blame onto this person in a way of like oh like I guess the thieves in the temple could be like an interloper in a relationship. I mean, it's interesting because immediately after that he says, "Baby, yeah. don't you know I'm holding on the best that I can? Love, please help me be <laughs> the better man, better than the thieves in the temple, in the temple tonight." Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so sorry like yeah the way you bring that up it, that kind of shifts the blame to him like can I be better than the people who are willing to sink lower than than I, I am or cu- the way I currently behave so but then of course he does you know as he gets quiet he does say hurt me <laughs> <laughs> and then we kind of everything kind of goes quiet and then it comes back in with the love come quick love come in a hurry there are thieves in the temple tonight um, you know uh, and I, I kind of like how at the end we get the kind of the repeat of thieves in the temple over and over again. Mm-hmm. And you have the kind of love come quick and, you know, you kind of it kind of starts overlapping. And then mm-hmm. I don't know why, but you have Prince screaming lie, you lie <laughs> <laughs> over and over, which over the top of him singing love come quick, love come in a hurry. And, um, you know, and then at the, at the end, it kind of just goes thieves in the temple tonight. Um, Wait, you know, and does, doesn't of, it end on yeah, it leads up to a weird scream right yeah it, well it, it goes thieves in the temple and then he just goes tonight and then it kind of <laughs> fades out a little bit doesn't it and mm-hmm. then you have the kind of everything kind of going quiet again um in the extended version there is kind of like um there's about an extra like minute and a half where prince keeps kind of going back to the you know tearing me all apart and yeah. you know kicking me in my heart and he chooses that moment to kind of uh, do, he does do, st- do some splits in front of a green screen, <laughs> which is really cool. Um, no, he like he also does like a spoken word reading of his own lyrics, which as, yeah, as far does, as I yeah. know, yeah, he has. has him. <laughs> yeah, like has he has it? Has he ever done that in a song yet? Like, just um, doing, I, I'm sure like, some of the remixes he's kind of added a little bit more to them. But yeah, he there is a part where he's like, you know. Um, what part? Well, I can't even remember what part he kind of spoken words. Well, he, he kind of does one in uh, the beautiful ones where he's just reading. He's just speaking out the second verse or whatever. Yeah, paint a better picture or whatever. Yeah, paint the perfect picture. Sure. Beautiful ones always smash the vision, always every time. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he does kind of do this kind of spoken word of you know love, love come quick, love come. You know, he just kind of adds a few extra lyrics. I don't think it really adds that much to the video. Um, though, you know, obviously, even in the film, you know, you have Prince riding on his motorbike behind the limo going to rescue Aura, mm-hmm. um, you know, which it's it's basically kind of the midpoint of the film, almost exactly, because it's, it's like about 39 minutes in mm-hmm. to about 42 minutes in, at which point Prince turns off the lights at um, Morris's <laughs> house and then steals Aura that way, um, you know, which <laughs> I don't know. It's just kind of a weird moment in the film because... You know, you're watching what is essentially like a really silly film where the stakes yeah. are, you know, 50% ownership in one club that was left by Billy when he died after Purple Rain. And then you suddenly find yourself in this this kind of scene where both Morris and Jerome are kind of like sitting next to this unconscious woman. I say unconscious. She keeps hiccuping. She keeps mm-hmm. doing fake hiccups. So, you know, she's not completely unconscious. Um, mm-hmm. And and then you're just kind of like what is going on and then prince you see his shadow and he's just kind of like almost doing this almost putting his finger up to the audience as if to say be quiet you know i'm hunting wabbits um and and it's just it's so kind of weird it it, it is oddly a batman-esque like maneuver like like batman prince works best in the dark he's like <laughs> he's like yeah he's entered a place and saved a woman 
from two predators in the dark. And he is dressed all in black as well, like head to toe in black. And he's got his hair kind of tied back in a in a pigtail, which is weird because on the like artwork for the uh, for thieves in the temple, he's wearing like a leather jacket with his prince symbol like on the side, and his hair's down, and he's like next to his motorbike, and he doesn't he doesn't look like that in the video at all. So it's really weird, um, you know, that they've just kind of put this this kind of weird mm-hmm. kind of picture on the front. Um, you know, I haven't said anything actually about the performance of the single, and it, you know, it did really well. Got to mm-hmm. number six in the Billboard Hot 100. It was number one in the Hot Black singles, uh, number nine on the uh, the dance, the Hot Dance Music, which I'm sure back in the day would have been disco at some point. Um, it got to number nine in Belgium. Got to number two in Ireland, and um, and it got to number seven over here, um, and number sixteen in Australia. I don't know. Australia seemed to have soured on Prince by the end of the 90s, uh, start of the 90s. I <laughs> know, oh, he climbs back up there. I think this, this is a momentary lapse. Yeah, he makes he makes a big kind of comeback with the next album. But yeah, so, you know, a relatively successful kind of single for Prince. But I mean, mm-hmm. on the on the, um, on the the R&B singles chart, you know, it was Prince's seventh number one um, on that particular chart. So, you know, that's, you know, that's, that's quite a success for Prince. Um, we... But yeah. Uh, I think, sorry, just in reference to its composition and what stuff, like, to me, this is kind of like the sequel to When Doves Cry, as in it's like the song that was written after the filming had been done and, like, added to the album at last minute in a lot of ways. I, I mean, that makes sense because, you know, it's the same with Kiss. Kiss was recorded after Under the Cherry Moon. I mean, after Under the Cherry Moon was kind of finished and was just like a last-minute song that Prince mm-hmm. kind of stole back from Maserati and... Um, you know, decided he would have a ha- as his single. Uh, of course, both of those, you know, when does cry and kiss both went to number one. Um, so he was, you know, putting them in at the last minute was a good choice. Mm. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, I I think personally for me, this is the best song on this album. Yep, like no competition at all. <laughs> uh, I don't. I mean, I don't know because I I also love joining repetition and mm-hmm. um, elephants and flowers uh, and. A question of you those are all you know those are all mm-hmm. you know really good songs for me but this is really the only five out of five on this album yep five out of five for me as well now um <laughs> it has been covered uh, like a few times <laughs> most notably well i mean i'll start with i'll start with kind of like the oldest one which is herbie hancock yeah in 1996 kind of turned it into like elevator music it's, it's like a jazz it's... take on it, understandably as well. It's not like a huge jump. Uh, no, but you have like Michael Brecker on saxophone kind of adding his own kind of like solo to it. Um, and, you know, obviously Herbie Hancock on piano. Um, you've also, you know, Herbie Hancock's band on that album. You know, it's quite a quite an accomplished band as well. Yep. Um, but it, this kind of sits next to, actually next to a lot of kind of really older songs. You know, New York Minute, Norwegian Wood, um, mm-hmm. You Got It Bad Girl. Um, but it's got like a Nirvana song. <laughs> oh yeah, it's all apologies like... is on there as well. Yeah, <laughs> and so like it's a baby not the it's not the most recent scene. Yeah, it's yeah, not the and most recent Sade song, as well. So it's pretty. That's a pretty good album of like sort of standards. Um, but I think I mean I think it works because um, you know the, the song itself. Uh, you know, like we said, it kind of has like a you know a rock or a funk vibe going on. Yeah. But I think it kind of works like in a jazz version as well. Um, you know, like kind of, I don't know, I don't know. just the, the the fact that someone kind of does like a saxophone, like kind of as the lead line, it just kind <laughs> of makes me laugh a little bit. 
I like the idea of like Herbie Hancock is like in his mind he's he's got to promote graffiti bridge like like six <laughs> years later. Like I gotta get America to listen to to this music and watch this great film. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I don't know. It's just, it, for me, it's kind of really funny because it's. I mean, he really extends it as well. He like takes it from like being like a you know a three minute song, yeah, and kind which, of really, which is... you know stretches it out, um, and kind of turns it into like you know like a I think it was like eight minutes or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which is so, really the also... jazz thing to do, basically. Like I, I feel like with yeah. a jazz cover, it's basically. Play the melody once, and then have a solo of the melody, and then everyone <laughs> takes a solo, and then come back to the main form. I, yeah, so I guess it kind of fits that, but yeah, I mean, just like doubling it up just kind of makes you think. I don't know. I would have liked to have seen Prince. I mean, his extended version only kind of adds about a minute or so extra to it, and doesn't really kind of that really clip take is eight minutes though. <laughs> Jesus, that uh, yeah, there's yeah, there's a little there's a little bit kind of at the beginning and the end of that though, um, that are less to do with the song. And then there was a group. I don't know. They're you know they're they're kind of <laughs> I don't know where they're from. I mean, to me, I would guess Scandinavia. Um, called How did you Alba. guess that? <laughs> yeah, um, this is the most Norwegian thing I've heard in a while. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> Yeah, their cover decided to take the kind of, I don't know, almost like the opening sentiment from Can't Stop This Feeling I Got, like those opening, you know, Dear Dad, that kind of vibe, and apply it to Thieves in the Temple um, and kind of slow it right down and just make it all about, um, I don't know, make it all about the theft more than anything else, I feel like. Um, you know, it's really kind of, it doesn't, it never, I when I was listening to it, I kept thinking, oh, it's going to pick up in a second and kind of kick into gear, but it never does. It stays kind of really slow and kind of you know kind of just all about the you know the the really kind of slow dirge of it yeah um, it's it's and then, kind of like a slow metal ballad almost I would yeah probably say that um and then there's also a version by a, a lady called renee gaya uh, yeah, and it's uh, kind of um like a country version almost like she seemed to have like a kind of country vibe going on it's more like a bluesy acoustic soul take on it yeah maybe opinion. it was just her voice her voice kind of sounded country to me maybe mm. that was just where i was getting that from um, <laughs> but yeah again kind of slowing it down a little bit you know i mean i don't think any i mean the herbie hancock thing obviously you know uh, it kind of it turns it into kind of like elevator music um you know and i don't think that's ever i mean you know it's an interesting thing but mm-hmm. again you kind of like eh, you know like people taking their solos up i don't mind that in jazz but it's at some a certain point with some songs you're like okay we get it you know like uh let's get back to those thieves you know um <laughs> and, and that like the older one it didn't really kind of kick into gear and you know renee gaya you know as pleasant as it was i don't think anyone was really kind of adding anything to the song though mm. none of those had a scene featuring sexual assault so i feel like that was a step up um, and you know from the original yeah um but i mean you know, I I think the thing is as well is you know this is this is a song that that obviously, uh, you know Prince. Although you you don't seem to think he did it did this deliberately, um, you know he he was clearly writing himself a single. You know he he needed one more mm-hmm. track, he needed something for this specific point in the film. He already had the film, so he was just adding the music to kind of, mm-hmm. you know, kind of expand on the kind of story idea. Um, but you know Prince didn't really after after kind of. You know, um, the new power generation kind of split up uh, the first iteration of them, should I say, in about 92, mm. um, you know, early 93. Prince kind of just didn't perform this song again. 
Um, you know, it's almost kind of utilitarian. It was like written for a very specific purpose, which mm-hmm. was to be the lead single from this album. And then after that, Prince was kind of like, you know, and, I'm uh, kind of done performing it. And potentially to like distract from one of the worst lines in the movie, <laughs> Pim Sandwich. Or yeah. <laughs> well, like, I let's mean, wash this out of the audience's mind with this great song. I, I mean, I guess, yeah, it does kind of distract. I mean, the thing is, though, the, you know, in the film, um, the song keeps kind of playing underneath the sexual assault before Prince comes and rescues Aura. So, and then we, and then you know, as Aura falls asleep um, in Prince's bed, we we then we then go to a, a dream sequence featuring um, uh, during repetition. Yeah. Um, so you know, which I feel that the film kind of picks up there a little bit because I love during repetition. But yeah, I mean, Prince did kind of bring it back in two thousand sixteen when he was at the piano, um, you know. But again, you know, it's it's just like one of those songs that Prince seemed to have wrote for a purpose. And then once it was out of the way, he kind of, you know, he toured it for a couple of years and then kind of forgot about it. Um, you know, which I think is a shame because I think, you know, it's one of the better songs kind of from this period that Prince did. You know, I'd say that Thieves in the Temple is kind of almost better than anything that's on Batman. Yeah, I would say way better than anything on Batman. <laughs> like, I, yeah, like, I, you know, I think doing this podcast has made me, like, listen to sort of 90s prints, and I'm like, this stuff is pretty strong. Like, it's, yeah, I would say, at times, as good as his 80s material. So, well, I feel like we said as much as we can about Thieves in the Temple. Um, so, do you have anything you wish to plug into? Yeah, just follow me on Twitter for now. I'm sorting out my podcast at some point down the line. Uh, yeah, just at... Onto comedy on Twitter, so at A N H T U comedy. Great stuff. And you can find us on Facebook at Prince Track by Track or follow us on Twitter at Prince Podcast or you could email us, not sure where you would, at Prince Track by Track at gmail.com. Uh, thanks once more for being my guest, Antu. All right, no problem, Dan. Thanks for having me. And otherwise, goodbye. Bye. Just taking control. Oh.